Salam and welcome to another TMV podcast brought to you by the Muslim Vibe. As always, I'm your host, Salim Qasim. And on this week's episode, I'm joined by world-renowned Nasheed artist, Omar Isa. Um, we're talking about um, his new album, which came out called Allah and His Beloved. Um, and interestingly, quite... Um, remarkably actually it reached uh the top 10 in the the uk album charts um so we we kind of had a conversation about how that all came to be and then also discussing the the i guess the the islamic slash nasheed scene generally um and all the different variations um and and i guess everything including you know his own personal story of how he got into doing this stuff um, and and everything else really so um yeah without further ado here's my conversation with Omar Salam Omar Waalaikumsalam how are you doing I'm good brother how are you doing I, I feel like uh with Ramadan recordings yeah and this <laughs> levels although this is going to go out after the holy month so people are going to be back up to their usual kind of um energy levels but it's always a bit draining and we're yeah. coming to like we were discussing earlier we're coming to the end of the month exactly uh time has flown mm-hmm. but for me at least like my 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 mental capacity at times yeah. and ability to like get the words out i yeah. find it a bit difficult it's difficult i've got an office at home so i'm trying to do work and i just get so lazy yeah and all of a sudden i just i literally start you literally start falling asleep more when you're fasting i don't know why that is but <laughs> yeah, well, well they, they say it's a it's a recommended act as well right yeah like, true, isn't, even true. even your sleep is about in, in, in ramadan so we'll, we'll we'll take it i guess yeah, I'm um in terms of the context for this conversation i think there's th- there's a lot of different things we can talk about um but I, I for me the most significant thing that people might have seen very recently is that your most recent album yeah um or did arguably very well um, mm. on launch and and made it to the the fourth spot on the iTunes charts. Yeah. yeah. And not like the iTunes Nasheed charts. No. But like the, the everything charts. Yeah, yeah. So I remember it was around the time that um, DMX had passed away. Yeah. And I remember when I was looking, like DMX's greatest hits, because normally when someone dies, yeah. their greatest hits go to number one. <laughs> exactly. But it was... Omar Issa in number four, yeah. and then DMX greatest hits at number five. <laughs> what, what what did you do? How how did this happen? And and, and sorry, and, and one, one further thing to add is that it's a vocal only um, album as well. All, you know, all of your tracks are vocal only, and, yeah. and so it's I guess uh, very different from from everything else in the in the charts. Yeah. Uh, what the hell happened? Um, you know, it's all thanks to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Um, it actually peaked at number three. Alhamdulillah. Um, so what it did was that I don't know to be honest with you, my bro. Like when I put it out, I don't have a. I'm an independent recording artist. Yeah. So um, uh, there's not many. Um, but there's no record labels for vocal only Nasheed artists, and I just use my vocals anyway. Literally just my vocals, and uh, it was it was crazy. Like I remember having a a, a chat on the on the phone, and you you said to me that how did it happen? Like what was the like. Was it, a was it yeah 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 was it now there's no campaign i just put it out i've been working on it for two years the album yeah and i just it's, it's my best body of work so i was confident in it you know um in in the body of work and i remember it was friday and it hit the number one spot on the itunes world chart and then in the evening I got a call from a friend and he goes do you know you're number 40 on the main chart i went what so I went and I went, oh, I'm number 40 there. And then it just, bro, it just kept growing from there. I just put a video out, 
little you know asking people to support me and people did alhamdulillah the, you know the the brothers and sisters uh came together mm. supported me and yeah it was uh it was it was crazy by the end of the charting week because you know in the in the UK they have a charting week system yeah and uh, they'll calculate everything and alhamdulillah by the end of the week uh the first week of April the album was the fourth most downloaded album in the whole of the UK and it was there on the charting thing the only reason it didn't make the the official album's chart was because of my little error that I made. I didn't submit it to them. I didn't know you. I didn't even think. You know, see, with us in the Shidais, we don't have no radio. We don't have no TV, nothing. Yeah, yeah. So, and I don't have a budget for marketing. So in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, what's the likelihood? You know, it's really difficult to do this. So my mind didn't ever think to... Hey, so, sorry to cut you off, but has have any of your, your tracks, singles, albums, anything that you've released ever peaked on any sort of chart before? Well, on the iTunes World Chart, yeah. um, the album, the last album which I released in 2017 went to number one. Okay. And I've had a, and I've had about four singles which have been number one on the iTunes World Chart. What What's the difference there? iTunes World Chart is basically it's, it's genres, isn't it? So basically, there's a. Oh, you mean world music? Yeah, world music. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So in my nasheeds, we put it under the genre of world music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then on that chart, because iTunes is all broken up into mm -hmm. charts, but there's one category which is called all genres which is the mainstream the one. one yeah. And that's the one where it peaked at number three with the album. So yeah, I've done that, but I've never been in the... So you, you, you wouldn't have thought to like, oh, I need no, to No, never, <laughs> never, never, never. That's why for me, it was like, why am I going to submit it to the, uh, the official charts body? Yeah. So yeah. that was about 100, like, next time. Because I, 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 saw, I, I saw it all happening and I was like, this is, this is like weird. Because mm. like, you, you, you've got, a, a, as I said, a vocal only Nasheed album here. Mm. It's a Nasheed album as well. Yeah. That's basically competing with yeah. uh, well taylor swift was the one we were like pushing for but what happened with did taylor? you like send her a text saying congratulations taylor oh man i wish it. i had a number i actually messaged them uh, uh um sheikh umar Suleiman. yeah i said like, have a word with that bro like you know because <laughs> he's american he might know her so it was like um she actually released an album which was basically she re-recorded her album mm. because she's in dispute with uh um uh, record label yeah so she re-recorded her masters yeah. So this was a very personal album for our fans. So it was one of those ones. You had where, no chance. Oh man, I was thinking, man, you know, but I was thinking, yeah, alhamdulillah, you know, we did, uh, we did, we did well. And, and you, 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 you told me as well that the, the, the producers that you use mm. are, are non-Muslim guys that work for other record labels. Yep. And, and they, they were also baffled as to how you... Yeah, one of, the, one of my producers basically produces for some of the tracks for BTS. There's this, I don't know where they're from, they're... I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to say where they're from. They're from. Um, uh, oh, BTS, uh, the, the the Asian group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where they're from. I think Korea. Yeah, Asian. Yeah. I think yeah, they yeah. might be Korean. Yeah, but I. I yeah, because you know how? Could you imagine you're saying to somebody that someone says oh, the Indian dude? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like no. So um, yeah, he he works for them as well, and he's signed to a label. Yeah. So when I told him, he was like, "What?" He was shocked, bro. He was like, "Really?" And my other producer, I've been working with since two thousand and eight. Yeah, he was a known producer back in the uh, sorry, known artist himself back in the day, a Ramsey, a Ramsey Slayman. And he was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah, well, it's mad. Uh, it's happening." So, is it? It was interesting. It's 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 wild. Like I I saw it on on social media. I remember saying to someone in the office, I was like, "Oh, you know, Omar Issa's album is in the iTunes charts." Mm. And he was like, "Yeah, all right. What category?" Mm. And I was like, no, 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 like the, the, the main, and I had to go over 
type it in, show him. And then he was like, oh crap, like this is, yeah. this has happened. Um, but no, I, I think that's awesome. Like yeah. it, it shows, and I think also it, it shows us yeah. the potential. And, and a couple of episodes ago, I had uh, Chris from LaunchGood um, on, the, on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about this whole thing, that he, this whole ethos that he has of, of uh, gummies, which is global urban Muslims who speak English, essentially. I've butchered the acronym there. <laughs> but he was talking about the fact that if you combine our like, collective power, yeah. um, we're essentially like the, the third largest economy in the world. Yeah, wow. Um, so now you think about that and you think about you, for example, producing music in um, or Nasheed in English yeah. for a Muslim audience. Yeah. If the whole community rallied round, which it kind of happened, I think, once this once once you were, were getting into the charts, people yeah. started. There was support. a momentum. Yeah, there was a bit of momentum. Mm -hmm. But imagine every time yeah. you dropped a new album yeah. or Zayn Bika or Sami Yusuf or anyone dropped mm -hmm. a new album everyone came together and did this mm -hmm. like people would start paying attention because i'm yeah. sure there are some random people that will have looked at the charts and been like what on earth is this and then given it a listen yeah yeah right? yeah i mean but, look at the title of it as well bro like, it was called it's called allah and his beloved mm. so it's, i wasn't i'm not discreet with my work yeah, ever yeah. as a muslim even the track listing I did it in a way that every word is a dhikr to Allah, like Astaghfirullah, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, you know, Ya Rasul Salaam Alaikum. All the tracks are very Muslim. <laughs> so when you look at the track, you think, what? And it was a, a kind of a spin on La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. And, and I didn't do that thinking it'd be even there. Yeah. I just did it because I thought, I believe that this is my best body of work and I want to break it up. So one track was about praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One track was praising Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And even you look at the track listing, it's like that. Mm. And you know, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to honor me to be the first Nasheedites to ever do this in the Western Hemisphere. I mean, alhamdulillah, you know, I'm, I'm, if, any, if anybody like ever spoke to my wife, she would say, he doesn't stop working. I'm always thinking, how can I create content yeah. which will compete with the main guys like in the game? Because I, I believe that we are as good and you know probably better but we just don't have the backing that they have and i guess it, it it does then lead to the story about how and why you got into this because mm. um your your background is is through kind of mainstream music yeah, yeah. um and and i'd love as much as you're you're, you're happy to share yeah because I, I i do love a good origin story and we were talking about it briefly on the phone but you know i have um sam khan mm -hmm. who was or samir now who was on the um podcast last year i think yeah where he went from um you know working with the likes of charlie sloth and yeah. kind of up and coming on those uh was it spin the mic championships the ju jump off uh, yeah jump off yeah, jump off championships or so like rap battles yeah uh he went from there to like completely gave up the whole career he was an independent artist up and coming completely gave up that career and now has kind of migrated to morocco yeah um and is studying under a sheikh and it's like gone down that completely different route yeah um so i always find it interesting like understanding from individuals like yourself who you know you you obviously have talent and you have a great voice and everything else but what were the kind of key moments in that in that shift and transition because especially when you see the potential in a in a certain career path or like you think okay you know what? i've got a good voice and i've heard you know you've mentioned people like ed sheeran in the past and whatever else like you want to be able to compete with them yeah but at one point you could have done that in a in a mainstream setting like you know on a level playing field yeah. now you've just made the battle infinitely more difficult for yourself you've mm -hmm. reduced 
your audience size yes. by making it Muslim only pretty much. But you know, I mean, anyone, anyone can listen, but it's targeted towards Muslims. Exactly. Within that, you've gone vocal only as well. Yeah. So again, that's going to put people off. And, and we were talking and, and we can maybe discuss later about this whole Sufis thinking you're Salafi, Salafis thinking you're Sufi <laughs> and, and yeah. like not being able to please anyone. Yeah. Um, but you've decided on this as like a full-time career for the last, I think, eight plus yeah, years. Nine, yeah, yeah. Um, how, how did it all start? Um, so for me, when I was um, growing up, I wasn't even into music. To be honest with you, I was I was into football quite quite heavily, mm. and I remember um, I dropped out of school, and I I moved to America uh, for a while. My dad had a shop there, and I was doing nothing. I, I was so bad I didn't even turn to my GCSE. So you can obviously gather how bad I was in school. So um, uh, you know that was my upbringing. I'm the youngest in my family, and I remember when I went to America, <laughs> I was there and uh, I just worked in my dad's shop. And it was seriously depressing. What kind of shop was it? It was like a Seven Eleven. Okay. Typical South Asian, I, you know. I, was, I don't want to say it. Yeah, but. typical. So. <laughs> so then working there, and it was really grim. Mm. And I remember, like, after three years, I remember I said to my parents, "Look, I will find any job. I just want to come back to England." So I came back to England, and I just entered into like a like an IT course in Chelsea and Kensington. And uh, what happened was, uh, bro, I just. Um, I came back from America and I was watching uh, X Factor with my friends. Well, some Saturday night and we we're sitting there eating food and watching. And I started singing along. I was heavily into music. I used to listen to music a lot. And I, was I started singing along to a Stevie Wonder track. And they looked at me and went, have you been taking vocal lessons in America? I went, no. Like they went, well, how'd you, where'd you learn to sing? Like I went, no, I thought they were my friends. I thought, yeah, Winding right. you up. Yeah, I went, yeah, right. They went, no, seriously, how did you learn to sing? You're, you're lying to us. I went, I didn't. So at that time I was doing nothing in my life. So, bro, Monday morning, yeah, I, I went on Google, yeah, <laughs> and I went and I typed in um, uh, singing teachers in, in around my area, and I needed to find someone who would give me a, a lesson for free because I had no money. So I went, I found, I found a lady in South Ealing, and she's there talking, 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 talking. And at the end, she goes, okay, fine, sing for me. And as she sat down, I stood up, she started writing notes, and I started singing. She stopped writing. And she started looking at me and I was like, oh man, my friends lied to me, bruv. Yeah. So uh, I stopped and I go, and she goes, did you say you started singing like a week ago? I went, yeah. She goes, no, you didn't. I went, no, I did. Like, is it that bad? She goes, no, you actually can sing well. How are you hitting notes? How are you doing that with your vocal? I went, I don't know. I went, I'm, I'm a good imitator. I'm imi and I was singing the Craig David song. I was a big fan of Craig David. And, um, that was it, bro. Literally from there, I started doing music. I went into, I got into a music college. That's a free one again. And from there, I got into University Westminster Uni. It's the um, um, Northwick Park campus in Harrow. Yeah. Went there, did that, bro. And then I signed to a manager. Uh, this manager, used to, his, his artist used to be Maxi Priest, old school Jamaican artist, and Raghav. Raghav, the Asian guy from Canada. Raghav rings a bell. Yeah. So he was their manager and he started managing me. It was a Caribbean man, uh, and his name was Nyron. And it was going, I started and in the music game. What kind of music were you doing back then? I was then? in R&B. I was in R&B and pop okay. music. But the thing is that the music game is very sophisticated, man. Like I had no social media, but I was just building my platform with the DJs. Mm. So what we would do is we record a track and we'd send it to the DJs. 
And then could you have a radio plugger? Was this like CD days or are we talking tapes? No, we'll e- we'll, no, no, email, email, email. Oh, email, okay, yeah, email, so, okay, fine. No, no, not You're that. not that old. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, when people tell these stories, especially like back in the days, yeah, yeah. you never know how far back we're talking. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Okay, go on. So then, yeah, so I remember I sent one track and we got the report back and all the DJs liked it. Like most of the DJs liked it. They were playing it as well. And what, if you don't mind me asking, mm. um, what kind of stuff, what were the contents of, of your, your music back then? So it was just love songs, love songs. Just never your ne- typical kind of typical typical pop songs, love songs. You know, there was a track I had called "Superstar Chick" and <laughs> and all this stuff. So I had all this kind of stuff. But I was one thing I was good at in school was English. Like I could, I was good at writing. Mm. So that is where I kind of like got the writing kind of thing from. You know, writing in a different way. And uh, that was basically for me was. And then I remember I was. So, and sorry, how old were you at, at this point? I was probably uh, I was probably in my uh, early twenties. Early twenties. Yeah, early twenties. Yeah. So 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 you 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 never finished your GCSEs. No, I didn't even turn up to it. No. Went went to America. Yeah. Came back. Yeah. I went to America when I was about seventeen. Oh wow. Yeah. But then you came back were singing with the TV. Your friends yeah. said you might be good. So at what this. I used to do was when I used to listen to music, yeah. I used to sing along to it. Yeah. But so, did no one before that be like, oh, you're actually quite good at this? No, nah, not really. Nobody said it. Nobody ever said to me, oh, you can... I guess I sing along to the music like like that. Mm. It was never a time where someone said I could sing like that. If that so I've been sense. waiting for someone to, to recognize. My, <laughs> you, know, you know those ones when you're like giving it your all and you're hoping that someone's just going to be Are like, you really singing hard in the shower and you're hoping, <laughs> you're hoping that sister goes, oh, you got a good voice. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, uh, if your mum or your wife ever says you've got a good voice, don't listen to them. Yeah, I don't. Because uh, they were saying you're not. good. Uh, so I remember I just did, my mum used to, you know, back in the day, I remember. Like she used to up. sing. No, she used to sing. Like, oh, she used to sing. Okay. At home. At yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, just singing little songs and Bollywood songs and all that. And uh, she used to have a song for us kids as well. She'd throw everyone's name in. And nice. we used to like laugh at it as well, sing with her back. So I don't know where it came from. None of my brothers, none of my sisters, nobody can sing. Mm. Um, so it just happened. And then. It was going well for me. I even had an opportunity to work with Mark Hill. He was the one who did um, Craig David's first album, Artful nice. Dodger. Uh, but I messed that up because my brother told me, my brother was really serious. And one thing I learned from that was never take advice from my brothers. He goes to me- Isn't your brother your manager now? My brother, he, he, technically- As in? He basically, my brother basically runs like um, like rehab centers, okay. right? So he's from his, from his office, he would just- reply back to my emails and he'll manage my stuff like that if that makes sense so he'll never ever go to my events he'll never turn up to anything so when we go out there they're like so where's Imran I'm like oh he's at home he'll never come I had to tell him about my album thing I remember I called him and went by the way I'm top 10 he went really that's good he goes I'll buy it now I went okay thanks and then uh, so um, so yeah so it was that kind of aspect of um, my brother goes to me why don't you send him an email yeah. and tell him that take him on he should take you under his wing like he did Craig David. So I did that. I never heard back from him. So I thought he probably had bad experience with Craig David or something, but I never got a reply back. So, And then that's it, bro. I just started writing, writing, mm-hmm. writing. And that was the, the music thing, uh, my, my music. And there was no, uh, at this point in your life, there was no kind of Islam. My mum and my dad were practicing. Okay. And my mum always used to tell me about Allah. That's one thing she always implemented in me. How, how did they feel about your music at the time? She was happy I was doing something. Just she, was just, she was happy, man, because I wasn't. I was. I was on the wrong path when I was growing up, mm. and she was just happy that I was doing something. And they would literally, when someone would come over, oh, listen to this, 
listen to this. And I was like, so, you know, they were like, okay, good. That's nice. Like, I was like, well, that's all good. Um, and they told me to play it as well. I'm like, no, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play a love song to these people. Mom, I'm not going to do it. And just play it, play it. And I'd play it. So um, they were just happy I was doing something. I was productive. And I was at uni as well. So they were happy about that. And then, and then, and then what happened? So then, bro, like, when I was performing and I was recording, um, the second track I put out to the radios did well. Like it got um, onto BBC One Extra. And one of the biggest DJs at the time was Ronnie Harrell. And he wanted to interview me. But at the time I was performing as well here and there. And, and I, I was playing the guitar as well. I self-taught myself to play the guitar and, and the keyboard and all that. And um, he goes to, um, I, was a feel, I was feeling so empty, man. I can't explain the feeling. I used to go to the studio and I was like miserable. I don't know where inside me. I just thought, I don't know why I'm feeling so upset. And I'd go perform and I wasn't happy. And even when I'd my, my um, manager would tell me about the DJs who were coming back saying, you know, this guy's good. I was like, oh, okay. And um, at that moment, I thought, why am I feeling so empty? Why am I so, why is this void inside of me, which I can't, under, I, can't ex I couldn't explain it. But could you, at the same time, could you experience and feel the highs? Like, you know, when, when, you're, when your music's being played and you're being recognized. On the radio, yeah, yeah, I did. I used to feel really happy. Like, you must get that, some, yeah, some yeah. sort of exhilaration, yeah, yeah, joy, yeah, whatever. I did, I did, but it used to, it was very, very short-lived. I'd straight away go back to that kind of so thing. So even, even at the time, yeah, at the time it wasn't yeah. like a, there wasn't like a period of time when you were like on cloud nine with this whole thing. No, no, there was not, never, a, you know, the t moments that when I heard the DJs like my stuff, that was really kind of a buzz. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Da, da, da. And then what would happen is that that would just quickly just go down. Like it's a buzz, mm. it's the adrenaline, you know, and then it would just go away. And I'd be like, wow, like, what is this? What's happening to me? But the thing was for me was that growing up, my earliest memory is my mum reading Quran at Fajr time. You know, mm. when you wake up as a little kid and you sit, wake up and you're hearing her recite the Quran, you're like, that was my earliest memories of my life. And um, all my brothers and my sisters as well, um, they weren't really practicing the deen. Only my mum and my dad were. Um, I was born in South End on Sea, Essex. So I was, it's quite a, a non-Asian-y kind of area. When we moved to London, it was kind of different for me because Asians are everywhere. And, and the school I went to was like, literally, it's like, it's like they picked out from India and they just put it into <laughs> it, you know. Um, you know, so it was a kind of a weird experience uh, yeah. when I was growing up as well because my brothers were so, because they were raised in South End. So they were so, so like, um, they were so British, like, if that makes sense. And it was, we weren't really cultural. My mum and dad were really cultural. My mm. dad used to go to Pakistan all the time for his mum. And uh, that kind of emptiness, I think, came from a, a, a lonely, probably I was quite lonely. As I was, I'm really young compared to all my brothers and sisters. Mm. So there's a massive gap. My oldest brother is like 55. Wow. So there's a massive gap. So for me, it was like I was, I was raised by my mum and my sister. And my dad used to always work. Or he was in Pakistan. So I think for me, it was that kind of upbringing, probably. I don't know. I've never gone to a, a counsellor or found out why that happened and all that kind of uh, stuff. I'm right? not in, intentionally trying to probe no, with no, this no, stuff, no. but it, it, I find it interesting because yeah. I, I think like what I'm also kind of hearing a little bit is about this kind of identity clash and crisis. Yeah. Of, um, and it's a very standard thing amongst like our generation um, being born in this country. Our parents have come from a different country with a different culture, a different context. Yeah. And trying to um figure out our place in the world like exactly. who are we yeah and, and what do we hold to be sacred and important so yeah. so just like um 
when you're talking about your experiences in the, in the music game um, and it not being fulfilling and not giving you that kind of sense of fulfillment that you were after, yeah. um, that's where the questions start arising, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. w- what is this all about? Yeah, yeah. Um, so You're so right about that, actually. So it's you. Kind of, yeah, what you said. I, I, like, I like to try and you be know, right. <laughs> you know about the fact that I was thinking, am I, are you British? Am yeah. I British Pakistani? Um, am I Muslim? You know, I, 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 I'm very, I love, I used to always have strong faith in Allah. That was one thing I used to always have. Um, you know, and I obviously used to respect the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but not, I didn't know much about the Prophet yeah. Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So for me, you're right. There was an identity clash. I didn't know who it was, bro. But, but it's also then like, what do we, like, we all have our core essence, whatever that might be, family, faith, God, whatever. But then it's like what we build around that, right? Mm. So all of this stuff and the life that we build and the way that we conduct ourselves and everything else, that's the the stuff that we haven't yet got, I think, at least in the West, a working model for as Muslims. Yeah. Because we hold our faith to be very important and very, very true and sacred. Yeah. But then it's like how that manifests in how we are in school or work or with friends or whatever. Mm. It becomes very conflicting and jarring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah. But I'm, 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 I'm keen to get to that point in your story where, where you suddenly said, oh, like, I'm now a Muslim Nasheed artist. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, so what actually started happening was when I was performing in, in, I'll be very honest with you, when I was performing in clubs. Yeah. And because that's what the music game is about. I used to come home. And I, and I started praying Isha. I just used to pray, the night prayer. After uh, the club? Yeah, I used to come home and pray. Wow. I used to just feel like I need to find something. What's happened? Why am I feeling like this? Mm. And then um, I remember it was giving me a lot of ease. If you don't mind me asking, mm. were you uh, praying regularly, daily in that period of your life anyway? Or no. so? so no, no, I wasn't. it was like nothing, and then I'm gonna start doing Isha after I go to a club. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't probably even it probably even wasn't me even saying it's Isha. Mm. It was just me praying because my mom used to pray at night. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I need to, I need to find, I need to connect with something that's empty in me. And I remember then, then I picked up the English Quran. I picked up the English Quran because I didn't know Arabic. I didn't know yeah. a word of it. And I also started reading the Sirah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I can't remember the author. It wasn't the traditional series. It was some by some author. I can't remember who. And I picked it up and it literally changed me. Like literally changed my life. When I started finding out about certain things that weren't what, allowed. What kind of things? <laughs> you know, the things that, you know, you're not doing right in life. Yeah. And you're finding out that it's not permissible, you know. And your, mom's tell, your mom tells you, look, my mom always says to me, she goes, I, I tried. I used to send... The, the mad thing is that all my brothers and sisters finished the Quran when they were growing up. The only one who didn't was me. Isn't just reading it? Like, yeah, yeah. Like she sent us to you know, Quran class. Yeah, standard, yeah, yeah. And I was the only one who was so bad. And because I, I know Punjabi really well, my teacher was Punjabi lady. And I used to speak Punjabi to her. And I used to sweet talk her. And she used to just love it when I used to speak Punjabi. And she never used to do it. And she used to beat everybody up in the class, bruv. She never hit me. Because as soon as he said, Umar, are you, are you studying? I was like, as in Punjabi, I'd reply. And she'd go, oh my goodness. <laughs> so she said that to my mom. She goes, this guy, how does he know Punjabi so well? <laughs> so I did it. And my mom goes, look, it's a, a jeep, isn't it? That you are doing, now you're working for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your service is for the deen now. And look, you, you, didn't, even, you didn't even finish the Quran when you were younger. You know, I couldn't even, because you know, in, in South Asian culture, when you finish the Quran, you give, you know, Ambala in it. So you give the Matai and you're happy and all that. They didn't even get that with me really? to do that. No, I was so like oh, out of it. And I remember then reading the Quran. 
you asked um, what it was. It was a collective of things, bro. My life was crazy. Mm. Like my life was crazy. Like I didn't care about interest. I didn't care about. Um, but you know. sorry, what, what I'm what I'm trying to understand mm -hmm. is that coming from a perspective where your parents are practicing Muslim and you're not, mm. to to pick up a a book or to read something that says, for example, interest is haram. Mm -mm. That doesn't mean anything in that context. Yeah. So so th there must have been like a, a a change of perspective or something, right? Because yeah. even even like when people talk about um, being inspired by Malcolm X's biography, mm. um, that's that's the thing that we've again discussed on the podcast. A few people have mentioned it, and even I had like a, a very uh, transformative uh, time when I was reading that book. It really kind of wakes you up in in various different ways. But I can, for example, pinpoint a few things that I thought, okay, this is significant like this is actually something that i need to reassess within myself and everything else yeah so you mentioned like the seer of the prophet peace be upon him mm. and with with that were there particular stories narrations or something that just you know to like dial up your faith a little bit because you yeah. basically went from a place of of very little faith by your own admission yeah to then now doing everything that you're yeah, doing but, now. But, but you have to remember, uh, remember i did have a lot of faith in allah okay so you had faith in so god so i had i had a lot of faith in god and there was one part in surah al-baqarah where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when you pray for dunya mm. that's what i'm going to give you and i'm not going to give you akhirah because you're not praying for it and i remember that was profound for me because i thought all i do is pray for all i want is a grammy and all I want is, uh, you know, to be, you know, win a Brit award. Yeah. You know, that was my kind of thing. I want to like, I even, I, even my mom was, like, I even want to like win an Oscar with best soundtrack. Like I'm very ambitious with my stuff. I'm like, when I do something and I, and I, I love what I've, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed me to find something that I love. Yeah. I will work at it. Like, and this is, it's testament with the nasheeds. But for me, it was those little things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying in the Quran, like in English, because I couldn't, under, obviously English, we understand completely, right? And things like that. And with the prophet, with the seerah, it was the music aspect about what Prophet Muhammad said about music. But that was in obviously in Sahih Muslim and Sahih Bukhari. And you know, a lot of people will say, you know, you know. But you know, for me, I just take it as what it says. As the Prophet Muhammad said that there will come a time when um, uh, my Ummah will make certain things which are um, certain things which are haram, they'll make halal. Wearing of silk for men, uh, the drinking of liquor, uh, illicit relationships, and the use of musical instruments. And for me, that, that was the moment when I thought, because that is the time when I started giving myself to the deen. Does that make sense? So uh, the only reason I mentioned the interest thing yeah. was because I had a nice overdraft limit in my account. <laughs> so I remember, I went, it to, yeah, yeah, I remember I went to the bank and I go to the guy, I want to get rid of it. And he looked at me and he goes, and I now started growing a beard because yeah. I used to have cornrows. My heads were cornrows. Wow. And I used to have like, my mum would have killed me if I got real earrings. But I had fake The fake with the metal, yeah. yeah. But my brothers, they had real ones. Had yeah. real ones. Yeah. So for me, I was like, oh my God, my mum will really kill me. So I did it. And I remember I tested it. And I came home with it. Mum went, what are you doing? You, you as well? And I went, no, no, no. And I went, look, mum is fake. <laughs> she went, oh. She went, why are you wearing it for? It looks silly. I went, okay. So it was that kind of aspect of the change, you know, completely. And I remember when I took the cornrows out, my hair was really long. And I also start in the book I read that the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to have long hair and there's a sunnah and there's like certain things I started doing. And I remember I went to the bank and the guy looked at me and went, because he saw I had a beard and he goes, are you Muslim? <laughs> I went, yes I am. He goes, I understand. <laughs> and he wasn't even a Muslim. He wasn't even a Muslim guy. He's, he's probably been there before. Yeah, he's probably seen so many Muslims do that. And I was like, oh, that's nice. So that was it. And I, so, so it was like a overnight thing. 
Yeah. There was something that happened in my life, to be very honest with you at that time, okay. which I've never really said. Uh, uh, you... It's a profound thing that happened in my life. And it was it was a trigger for me as well. I've never said it. I don't think I'll ever probably say it. You you, you don't want to share it? Yeah, I, I think it's too personal for me. That's fine. Yeah, it's too personal. But because this is the thing that there are yeah. there are incidents and things that happen. This was one thing that happened to me yeah, in my yeah. life. And for me, it's like, it's one of those things that if I said it, it'll, it'll upset too many people. Okay. So it's like, it'll make me look good, but it won't, it won't make people look good. That's fine. Uh, so for me, but, but that was just one element. See, there was a factor of things in my life, which were coming together, mm. you know, and certain things were happening in my life. But the main core thing was me feeling just completely sad. I was like feeling sad. And I didn't, I didn't even understand what sad meant. You know, when you don't even know why you're sad, you're like, what? Why am I sad for? Like, why am I feeling... Like, my friends would say, why are you so moody for? Like, what's wrong with you? Mm. You know, and I was like, I don't really know, you know? And um, that was it. But I start, alhamdulillah, like, I started feeling a lot of um, solace and peace when I started reading the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like, in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa You know when uh, sometimes parents will scare their kids and say, you know, you do this and you go to, you know, it's not good. Allah, But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran is much more merciful than our parents yeah well <laughs> million, million but i'm talking about you know the kind of the the aspect of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying i'm punishing you yeah, yeah. the the mercy is much more mm. in the quran and that really made me feel good it made me feel like all the things i've done only my king will forgive me no one can forgive me but allah will forgive me and even to this day i, I repent for my life and you know what 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 was in my life i've seen everything my wife mashallah is like really straight like mashallah like you know it really you know like not so when i say certain things to her about life she was like really people do that i'm like where were you where were you born like in a what in a cocoon or something like what <laughs> so i've seen everything bro like yeah. everything i've seen i've witnessed and um but you see sorry you you wouldn't I, I i would have never thought of walking into this conversation yeah that like you your, your life was so drastically different at one point yeah yeah because you you to be to be frank come across as like this kind of cookie cutter guy who like you know studied the quran from the age of five yeah and has, is a half is and has memorized it all and you've you've always been like teacher's pet yeah um, and now you're like doing the nasheed stuff and it's all like, it's all good. And you've got a very soft voice and a very like nice way of carrying yourself as well. So I think yeah. there's just, for me at least, is that perception that like this, this guy has just always been like this. Yeah, no, no, my, that's really funny you say it because my, uh, my first guy who I started filming with mm -hmm. and cause my first nasheed I did was called, um, actually I'll get to this quickly, get to this point quickly, but let me just get to the point where I just stopped. For me, it was literally, I remember I called my manager. And he goes, he thought I was, he goes, oh, you called me back to the, the, Ronnie Harrell, the DJ at BBC oh, yeah, One, the interview. wants to interview you. And I went, and he goes, this is a massive deal. This is BBC One Extra, yeah? He wants to interview you. And I went, I don't want to do it. And he goes, what? What do you mean you don't want to do it? I went, I don't want to do it. And he goes, what, are you okay? And I went, no, I just don't want to do music anymore. And he went, why? And I went, I, you know, I, I basically like, you know, I found my faith, Islam. Now, the weird thing about my manager, my ex-manager was his mum was a muslim his dad was a hindu mm. but he's a christian so he he got baptized as a christian wow so he's mad his mum got buried as a muslim he goes he remembers it so for me he used to speak about islam to me and i was like i didn't i, I used, we used to talk about it so when i told him that he's a really cool guy and he went you know what all the best then you know with, with what you do and he didn't he didn't mind me doing this he was a bit probably a bit upset he was a bit shocked that i was doing it and i literally because i found out about the instrument thing i had three guitars and i had a keyboard and i just gave it away to my non-muslim friends 
<laughs> and uh, I had a stack of CDs, bro, like a big, massive stack of CDs. I was an encyclopedia on music, like all kinds of eclectic tasting. Yeah. When I was younger, I used to go to Megadeth concerts, like, you know, heavy metal. And people don't, people are shocked by that. Like, what? That's why I'm so into melodies. Because heavy metal bands, I've got sick melodies. Like they, 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 when they do their solo guitars, when mm. they're doing solos, the melodies that they're coming out with are, are beautiful. So people, this is where everything comes together. Bollywood, my mum singing. So it all comes into my, you know, as an artist, you, you're, you're sometimes, um, you're made as an artist without even knowing in life, you know, by hearing the certain things you hear. You know, I was a huge Michael Jackson. I think everyone's a Michael Jackson fan. Um, so that kind of aspect of, and Craig David, him performing with acoustic guitar with Fraser T. Smith. I thought that's so cool. No British singer's done that, where they're just showcasing their voice. Even when I used to perform music back in the day, I used to do that. I used to have a guitarist and I used to perform my vocal. I never used to do backing with backing, you know, backing track? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I wanted to showcase my vocal. So when I gave that up, bro, I remember my producer, because we were working on my third single for radio. And I went to my producer who I work with now. Do you admit you're mid-production on, on a track? Yeah, yeah well, mid-production on a track. Wow. Mid-production. And he goes to me. And I remember I walked in and he'd noticed my beard is growing as well. Because I had a little, like, smart little thing. And he goes, uh, all right, cool. And he's a he's an, a Christian Arab, right? Okay. So I went to him and I go, I'm sorry, I just got a little bit back. I remember somebody said to me that, what are you going to do now with your life? You, you, this is the only thing you know. And I went, I'm just going to stop in it. I'll just do something. You know, my brothers, I'll just join one of their businesses or something, whatever. And they went, why don't you do Nasheeds? I didn't even know what Nasheeds were. Hmm. And it was funny because somebody goes to me, I went, what are Nasheeds? And they actually referenced Sami Yusuf. And I went, I like Sami Yusuf because I remember, you know, my sister used to listen to him. And, um, and Al Mu'allim for me, like, you know. I was just, I was, I'm going to cut you off. I was just about to say Al Mu'allim. Yeah. Like I have the fondest memories of that cassette. Yeah, back yeah, in the day yeah, yeah. my sister had the cassette and this was like in the car with my cousins we'd be on i think with like kenya my family's from kenya okay. so we were like out there yeah and we just have this one tape on on smash all day every day yeah yeah um and, and that's like there's him uh dawood warnsby yeah. ali as well uh zane beaker for me are like the three kind of yeah. from childhood yeah that i think were the and and for a long time as well they, they were the only ones really mm. there was obviously other smaller underground artists if we can call them that but you know what i mean like yeah. look more localized yeah um but I didn't know about the other two that that you know Dowd warns me. Oh, Zane. really? I didn't know about them at all. I I, I only knew about. Started, I only found out about these artists when I started doing the shoots. But we had to get these tapes from like America back in the day. Mm. There wasn't. The, yeah. you, there was no internet. It was not. It wasn't easy. Nah, yeah. I remember when my sister played it to me, and I was I was into music, right? Mm. So when I heard it, I was like, "What's this?" Yeah, and I was like, it "Sounds good." And because I used to, you know, as Muslims, we 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 are taught to love. Allah and his messenger. It's just something that our parents teach us. And I thought, oh, right, this is really nice. You know, you know about him saying he's a teacher and all that. And I thought, that's really cool. And that was that is my all-time favorite, Nasheed, Al-Mu'allim. Al-Mu'allim. Yeah, Al-Mu'allim, it's my favorite. And I remember, and but the thing I said to my friend, I go, but Sami Yusuf uses instruments. I can't do that. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, but why don't you just do a cappella, bro? Like, you know, you like boys to men. You like all these kind of old school groups. Just do that. You know, old school American, African-American groups. And I went, okay, I'll do that. And then I wrote my first nasheed and my first nasheed I wrote was called Allah. And the love that I had for Allah was growing now quite, quite rapidly. Like, you know, learn, you know, reading the Quran, just learning. And I always used to have this faith. So the love increased for me, you know, at the end they were for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now going back to the studio with my producer and he's mid-prayer and he goes, so what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. 
And he goes, all right, fine. What track are we doing? And I went, I've got another track. And then he goes, all right, cool. What is it called? And so he's got a spinny chair like this and he's spinning on the chair and he turns around to the keyboard and I, and I go, he goes, what's the track called? And I go, it's called Allah. And he literally went, <laughs> he spun his chair around and he went, what? What do you mean Allah? I went, I just, it's Allah, isn't it? it's called Allah. And he goes, are you all right, bro? I went, yeah, I'm all right. He goes, I don't want to say anything, but I've been noticing like your beard's growing and all that. Like, what's up? Like I went, I'm just going to do this thing called Nasheed's. And he goes, what, what's that, bro? And I goes, gospel music, but <laughs> Muslim. And he goes, and when I started singing it to him, yeah. he thought, right, this sounds sick. So he then heavily invested in it. He thought, right, this is cool. And that was it. That was the beginning of, of Nasheed's for me. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you, I, I guess you were lucky then you could kind of transition quite seamlessly and, and the people around you didn't seem to give you too much of a hard time. I can't imagine it was as simple as you're making it out to be. No, no my, my, my friends, it was mad because not, Majority of my friends are non-Muslims. Yeah. So they started noticing yeah. that when we're going out. Did you, also, sorry, on that note, did you not feel any kind of social pressure as well? Like you had, you were a certain way. People you know, knew you as a certain person. I don't mean to say this in, in arrogance because I, I, we never want to come across as arrogant, but I've always been like the, the, the alpha male of mm. the group. Whatever group I've entered, mm. I've always been the main alpha kind of guy. So if I've done something, no one's going to say nothing to me. So it, you know, so when I started practicing my deen, nobody would say anything to me because of who I was in the past. Really? Yeah. So there were all like so basically when we used to go out, I used to go. I need to park the car. I need to pray. So I used to park. Used to park the car, and everyone I used to go look. Everyone stopped talking, and I used to start praying in the car, and they'd stay quiet like that. And then when I'd finish, I go, yeah, let's go. <laughs> so it was that kind of, and I started noticing the change. But then they started noticing. I started becoming more compassionate. Mm. And I literally changed, you know, because I had a, my dad's got really bad, my dad, he's, he's passed away now, may Allah SWT give him Jantar Fridos, Amin. he had a very bad temper. Amin, yeah. My older brother's got a bad temper. So I think it skipped everybody else and it came to me. And that was my kind of, my weak thing, weakness for me was my temper and being quite aggressive in, in when I was, when I was growing up. Um, um, I never used to start anything, but I didn't mind. You'd finish it. it. I didn't, I didn't mind if anything <laughs> happened. I'd be very cautious. Like when we used to go clubbing, I'd be the one who'd know who's going to start trouble. And yeah. My friends are like, how do you know? I go, I guess my brother's taught me, like, w just look out for people. Mm. And I used to always be ahead of people like that. Like just be a little bit more, I had this sense where I knew. And it's mad because whenever I used to look at a group, I used to go, they're going to start trouble. And they'd start trouble. And it was weird. So that kind of, for me, with the alpha kind of male and man kind of thing. And my dad was a very strong, dominating man. You know, I guess South Asian men, like, you know, that kind of overbearing Stereotype. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was me. So my friends really didn't say nothing to me. They didn't say that. They actually liked it because I'd started changing. Well, it sounds like they were too scared to tell you otherwise. Mm. Oh, I don't. <laughs> well, to be very, you know, the thing is that now, now it's funny because now as years have gone as a, as a practicing man, they've, they've been able to say stuff to me like, you know, without... Uh, fearing anything or being scared or anything yeah, yeah, yeah. so they've noticed that I'm just like cool about it like you know I'm a very loyal guy so for me is that if you don't show me the loyalty yeah I, I I hold it personal back in the day I was a very if I did it for you then you should do it for me but now I don't do that because now as a Muslim I you grow to learn that when you do it you do it for Allah we do it for Allah because then course, you yeah. don't have no expectations and mm -hmm. humans are going to let you down yeah I'm going to let people down so why are you going to hold that expectation of people so that that Allah Nasheed was was the was the thing for me, which actually it got me signed to a record label 
But this, it wasn't a record label. They were just funders of albums. Mm. So I, I heard about these guys. They were based in Gloucester. And I sent them a track. And I had another track that I was recording called Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And they said, have you got another track? And I sent that track to them. And they said, fine, we'll sign you for, a, for an album. Because I released my first album in the first year of me doing Nasheeds. I started Nasheeds officially in 2012, January. And I released an album in November of that same year. Uh, the crazy thing is, like, 2012 is is not that long ago although it's almost 10 years now mm. but it feels like yeah. i can remember 2012 do you know what i mean yeah, but yeah. it it's um but at the same time I, I think you've you've kind of uh established yourself as a as a as an ashid artist in this space and have amassed like a a, a relatively respectable size following yeah um i think we're coming up to half a million on youtube now um and w what i think is is uh pretty significant is this whole kind of no vocal thing yeah um specifically because i, I mean there's a couple of things here so i the, the first or well, one of the questions i want to ask i'll probably just speak for a bit and then you can reply generally yeah, but this you know when you went from from music to suddenly giving away all your cds giving away all your instruments and stuff you've done a couple of uh cover tracks yeah now i've always wanted to understand from people like yourself who 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 quite specifically believe that music is haram um, and instruments, sorry, are, are, are haram. Um, how you go about the process of making a track like uh, My Heart Will Go On, the cover that you've done of um, the Titanic song, which is, I think, probably one of the first times I saw you and I was like, this is, it's hilarious, but also like this guy's got a very good voice. Mm. It's, it's a very weird uh, <laughs> experience when you listen to, yeah. to especially the covers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like how, yeah, the first question is, I guess, how do you go about that process of having to like make a cover of a track, but then not being okay with listening to the track, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, but then also it's, it's generally around, I, I guess, just, you know, briefly your thoughts on the whole space when it comes to, like I mentioned to you, I think before we started recording, um, sometimes the whole no vocal, I mean, no music thing or vocal only thing is... Um, I think at least a little bit aggressively pushed forward and and the perspective that instruments are haram um, is like there, there's two camps right it's like either you're on side or you're not yeah. um, and it can be quite polarizing and whatever else how have you found the space and how have you navigated that as well because you mentioned to me as well that you know the the, the 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 like I said earlier, the Salafis find you too Sufi, and the Sufi finds you find Sufis find you too Salafi. Yeah. Um, where's the balance? Because you, you can't please everybody, and I think yeah. also it's like you, you've you've entered, like I said earlier, you've entered a space, and I've experienced this with the Muslim vibe, right? Like trying to put out a narrative that sits in line with everybody is almost impossible. Yeah. So you can't even be like. The Muslim, although you are obviously a Muslim Nasheed artist, but you can't be like the Muslim guy. I think very few. So Sami Yusuf for me is an example. Of course, there are people who won't listen to his stuff because of the music element, but he's managed to kind of bridge the the general Muslim thing. Like he's he's part of the the, the Muslim space, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, so so with, with the whole no instrument stuff, I think the, the covers question for me is just out of personal curiosity yes. how that works. Um, but then also generally um, how you've approached things. So um, for me, it was weird because with the covers, I remember the first cover I did. Uh, uh, so I started in uh, Nasheed in uh, January 2012. The first cover I did was in February 2014. It was for a mixtape called The Heartbeat. And it was um, 
outlandish track Sheb Khalid track uh, Aisha Aisha yeah. so obviously I just put it on my on my mixtape and the next uh, cover I did was I'll just tell you the covers because people um, a lot of people have come up to me sometimes and gone oh yeah you know you should do original and I'm like yeah I've only done like seven covers uh, bro like maybe not listen to the covers and listen to the 50 original tracks I've released um, so it really annoys me by the way that when people uh, come I up to tell. me do that it really because for me only reason I do covers, and I'll tell you why I do covers. It's it's, it's very it's very plain. But and then the uh, next time I did a cover was in 2014. It was a happy cover of Pharrell's track. Yeah. Because I'll be very blunt, there was a Muslim happy version. And the video. They were, they were, yeah, and they were all dancing in it. Yeah. And I just thought that's not us, man. Like I don't personally think we as Muslims we're not that. At the end, they like we have we should respect ourselves. The Western world has their own thing they do, and we should be us. We should be proud in how we celebrate. As Muslims, mm. right? Um, you know, at the end, some Muslims, I know many Muslims will disagree with me, but I thought I'm going to do my own version. The only thing I made a mistake with that happy track was I had no sisters in it, right? And that wasn't intentional. I didn't do it like, you know, and I remember some sisters were like, oh, so you're saying sisters are not happy, eh? I was like, no, it wasn't actually at all, you know? So, uh, and then when I did the happy, that was the, that was a reactionary track. And then I then the next cover I did was then in 2015, um, Hello. And Hello was spontaneous because I, I heard it. Now, when to your question of how I do mm. it, bro, you can give me something right now, anything, and I will sing it to you. I'll sing you the back of that sanitizer bowl. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me a talent to pick up melodies quickly. So I can, my heart will go on, Titanic. I watched it when I was a kid. I remember that song, right? Um, Hello, I heard it everywhere where I used to go. Shops, it was even, it was such a big track that they were advertising on TV. And I specifically remember when she came and she went, hello. Yeah, and I went, oh, that's, that's sick. And that's all the advert was. And I thought, right, oh, that's sick. So for me, it's very easy to pick up stuff. I have not listened to the tracks like that. The other way that I listen to the tracks is every single one of these tracks online has an acapella version. So you don't even need to the instrument. Okay, kind fine. Of thing. Now, I want to talk about another aspect of it. If I did listen to it, hmm. that's my personal sin between me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So no one can say nothing to me about that. Does that make sense? So I'm not saying you are, by the way. I'm just saying if I did. Yeah. That's a personal thing I'm doing. Which, by the way, I believe they're not, it's not permissible, right? Lots of people don't. They listen to music. But if I did it, and someone, say for example, someone came up to me and said, how do you do hello? You listen to it. And I'd go, okay, how do you know if I did? What are you going to do? Hmm. Because you can't, you can't, like it's the story of Umar radiallahu When there was a man drinking alcohol in his house, Umar radiallahu jumped over the fence and he went, you're drinking. And he goes, yeah, but it's my private space. And he went, and he walked away. He goes, you're right. You, I can't invade your privacy. Yeah, yeah. So it's that kind of same aspect of, even if I did listen to it, no one can say nothing to me because you won't know otherwise. No, of course, the, the, the reason I asked that question. No, 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 it's fine. You can ask no, me. No, I, I know, but, but I just want to want to clarify. The reason yeah. I asked that question is yeah. because I think specifically where I know you're very strongly um in that kind of no music camp yeah right that's why it's like yeah. there's I, i'm i i've it's as i said it's more personal intrigue than yeah. like even for the podcast like i'm yeah. just curious as to how that how you navigate that yeah, yeah, yeah. because i know you strongly feel this way like yeah. if you didn't you would do tracks that were music, compromising yeah. of your values because yeah, you'd be sure. like oh no I, I i can do one because it's a collab i'm just featuring yeah, i'm just yeah. doing this yeah but you've you've very and, and that's the other thing as well like we were discussing previously not to mention names but there are artists, for example, who will start out with vocal only. And then for whatever reason, it could be their own uh, ideology changes or whatever. They then go into like doing music with, with the, the backing tracks and everything else. 
and so it's you're somebody that's like from day one had this principle and have stuck to it which mm. is why I'm, I'm i'm intrigued because I, I think you know you would have a, a logical answer which you did yeah, as to yeah, how yeah. you kind of yeah. do that so so then i guess yeah talking more broadly about the whole no vocal stuff yeah. I, I don't want to get into the the religious prescriptive side yeah, yeah, yeah. because if, if people are interested they can contact you and say can you give me the proof yeah, but exactly. that's not here I, I think it's more a case of um for a layperson understanding i guess the, the the industry if we can call it that is there an industry no there isn't um there isn't there is no industry i had to make my own but you've industry. been doing it full time yeah but i had to do that i made that myself i i was pro i was um proactive about it mm. when i put stuff out there people would contact me to book me and it happened like that there was no see with our world there's no there's no label there's no um there's no uh radio there's no tv there's no marketing and this is another reason just just touch on the uh covers my bro the only reason i did covers was this a great marketing tool because the majority of muslims listen to music majority of muslims millions of more muslims listen to adele than me mm. so if i do a hello by adele and I, i'm calling on allah they're gonna go right i like this you know but do you, when, when you say it's marketing were you looking at it from a perspective of i'm bringing uh, it i'm bringing in i'm bringing in the non uh, Muslims for me are all Muslims. I love all Muslims. For yeah. me, I don't look at the the pious Muslims, the non pious No, I don't do that. Yeah. Um, people probably think I do. Yeah. You know, because people have a perception of you. You know, like the Salafi and the kind of thing that people think I am and whatever. Um, I do it so. Say for example, someone listens to music, a Muslim out there, and they listen to music, and then they hear me doing an Adele cover, for example, and then that's a, a way for me to bring them into my own work. Mm. I mean, hip hop is based off um, samples. Hip hop, the, the, it's all based off, uh, you know, taking off other, you know, the old school kind of stuff. So it's all about nostalgia as well, I guess, and bringing in people and going, oh, cool, Adele, I like uh, Hello. What do you mean the Muslim version? Or Tumiho, what do you mean the Muslim version? Or My Heart Will Go On, what do you mean the Muslim version? Hmm. Let me hear who this guy's talking about. I mean, the most criticism I got was for seven days. And that was literally, I had that in my, in my, in my mobile for years. I had it in my mobile for two years, <laughs> and I did it as a complete joke because I, I married my wife really quickly. Yeah. Alhamdulillah And for me it was like When I put it out there It was such a tongue in cheek track I remember the comments bro Like I've never faced but that much th This is what I was going to say yeah. Like I, I feel like And, and I, I get to ask you this now to your face But uh, With some of the covers yeah. I think It feels like part of it You know It's going to uh, provoke people Yeah And it's going to incite Because like When you say it's for marketing It's not yeah. just a case of like Oh this guy's got a good voice, yeah. um, and so I'm going to listen to the other stuff. It's also like it's inflammatory. It's like, what the hell is this? Some people are going to feel like that. Yeah. Like, what is this? Yeah. And then they'll go and check out your stuff. I think I came across um, I came across your covers initially, which was my entry point into kind of um, then following you on Facebook and whatever else. But it was either hello or uh, my heart will go on. Yeah. And 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 it was like it was laughable. It was most likely hello though, because my heart will go the, on came out quite after that okay fine so it was it was probably hello yeah um and it was like the concept for me personally was a bit laughable yeah. i was like this is funny yeah but then as i said like when you actually listen to it it's like okay the guy's got a good voice yeah. the, the video is produced pretty well yeah um and the the, the words are nice like they're they're arguably a little bit cheesy for my liking yeah. but i get it it's like it is yeah. what it is right um but as a marketing tool, it's stunning. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's a that's, very good... That's, that's all it is, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, when I did it, I, th I think I created a monster 
because if you look at all the artists who came after, mm-hmm. they all started with covers. They literally started their careers on covers. Yeah, I never started my career on covers. I thought I thought that's what it was gonna be for you. No, I'm never. Did the, see, this is the thing. Like, it's mad, isn't it? That I I did original tracks for two years. Mm. I, I released an album, right? Which shops wouldn't even put in their shops, by the way. Yeah, but arguably scale wise, yeah, the audience would have been a lot smaller. No, no, no. That's or what I mean. It... The, the the cover was for to bring in the new audience yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know you know when you don't have a marketing budget. Like mm. which record labels have Because for example Ed Sheeran Will release his album right He'll be put onto Every single bus stop Across England And the world probably yeah, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Me I have got Instagram And I've got my YouTube channel And so this is why What, what happened with uh, Allah and his beloved album Was even Like it's all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala How did I even get into that place Because Taylor Swift Is spending millions For marketing Me I didn't spend that I spent nothing I just put it out there And people just joined the momentum Does that make sense yeah. So the cover aspect for me is I absolutely hate it. I only do it because it's a marketing tool. And I've actually said um, uh, last last year I decided that I'm never doing a cover again. Like I, I said to myself, I, I have I'm to insist. Doing, yeah, I, I would love for you to do another cover. Uh, it's probably not going to. Can we bring it, it back? No, 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 no. <laughs> no ch- for me, I, I you know the covers that I did actually, the ones I did last year. It was COVID kicked in. Yeah. And I thought I've got them on my computer. I've had them in here for a couple of years. I'm just going to put them out because yeah. there's nothing happening. I've got no live performances. So I'm just going to put them out. And that was it. And I did, that's it. I, for me, I get lots of requests to do covers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. But alhamdulillah, for me, like when people tell me that they like my original stuff, that's for me that's the, that's what it's all of about of course as an artist like that's your that's your bread yeah, and butter yeah when someone comes to me they, 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 they go to me I'm very blunt with some people sometimes they go I like Hello I go no you don't you like Adele's version of Hello <laughs> you know and then they'll be like huh? no no I don't know I'm like yeah okay I remember there was a beautiful brother um, who uh, was at a masjid uh, brother Barbara Ahmed and he goes to me Omar I love your I love your uh, Hello I love it I love your covers but you know you should do original stuff and I looked at him and went yeah, my all my stuff's original, brother. Maybe venture just a little bit down from hello on my YouTube channel, and you'll find. And he started laughing, and I went, "No way, it's all right." He was. He started apologizing. Very polite, brother. Mashallah. And uh, but you know what? It's my fault because mm. I'm the one who did the covers. Mm. So, but I had no choice, my bro. People don't understand. There's no support in this industry. You know, all the people you mentioned. I'm not going to mention them. I emailed all of them, my bro, in the beginning. Mm. They didn't even ever reply back to me. So for me, it was really disheartening because when I came in, the, when I was in the non-Muslim world, right, you always think the grass is greener on the other side. There's no grass on the Muslim side, bruv. I was going to bring something up that you mentioned to me when we spoke on the phone. Mm. Um, not going to name the, the, the record label. Yeah. But c- can you share the incident? Yeah, I was, I was with somebody actually earlier. You can name them if you want, but I'm, it's not my no, place. No, I won't name them. Uh, there was a couple, there was a, it was a, earlier in the month, I was uh, with somebody. And he was said to me that one of the main record labels in the Muslim space, um, they do like my work, alhamdulillah. Um, and, but they, 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 would, they wouldn't sign me because I'm too religious for them. And my beard's too long. Muslim f- record label. Yeah, yeah. So for me, that is so disheartening. You know, it's like, it's really disheartening because in your mind you think to yourself, this is, this is the epitome of us not uniting as Muslims. And it's not even their fault. It's just in, it's in us. As Muslims to be like that Like my bro If you go on anybody's YouTube channel Any Nasheedah's YouTube channel You will find nobody Who's done more um, Featuring tracks With artists than me I have supported lots of people When I've been able to As an artist And when I've got to a certain level I've supported people But that's not because For me I've done it for the sake of Allah 
I, I always say to people now, I go, if I do something for you, I don't want nothing from you because you can't give me nothing. I want it from Allah. So just get, just understand that I don't want nothing from you. And when that happened, when the guy told me about the label and he said, I'm too religious for it. I was like, no problem. I'm still one of the, I'm one of the biggest Nashidites on YouTube. So Alhamdulillah, I don't, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me this ability. And with what happened with the album, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me that ability. And uh, I know how much money they spend on marketing. You know, I've never in my life spent that much in my life, literally. Mm. You know, I think I've spent that much on my recordings, but they'll spend that on one album, what they spend on one album marketing. And so. in, in terms of, you just, you just touched on kind of uh, your motivation behind it. Can, Gen- I ask, can I ask what you think about that? Like when, when um, Muslim, regardless of music, because I don't know if you listen to music or not, mm. but with a label, a Muslim label saying that to another artist, an artist who's trying to do khair and trying to do good, how as, a, as an outside point of view, how does that make you, make you it's, feel? The, the reason I wanted you to share the story is because I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the, the fact that we're, we're in the Muslim space. Yeah. Um, and also obviously like having having got to know you seen your work and like obviously we've spoken a few times yeah i think it just takes for that to people for people to understand and appreciate what you're trying to do Mm -hmm. and for me i've always believed in 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 doing what we can to support people who are who are coming in with a good intention which is why i reached out to you in the first place Mm -hmm. when when the um uh i album w- was doing well i messaged yeah. you and i was like bro you're smashing it like yeah. keep it up I, yeah. I i don't know you like we've yeah. never met before you didn't have to do that um do that. but genuinely like and i went and bought the album because i'm like i want to do my yeah. bit to, exactly. to kind of uh do what i can because i'm like fair play like you've mm. you've you've been grinding away for i don't know how many years well I, I know now but you know you've been grinding away at this um and have kind of stayed true to your essence like Obviously, we don't do it, and you're not doing it for worldly accolades. Yeah. But if if we can do anything to support and help amplify the message, then we will. Yeah. Which is why I said let's also you know have a podcast. Let's talk about this yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, like the the reason I wanted you to share that story is because it's it's crazy to think that within the Muslim space, people are not willing to support a guy because his beard is too long. Yeah. And his his music is vocal only. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. And and it's kind of scary if I'm honest. Yeah. Because because it where is where is the the vocal only record label that can sign you up doesn't really exist right yeah, no there isn't no. so in the muslim space it's like for a section of muslims that don't believe in in using instruments or whatever there isn't really an infrastructure to help create content for that audience which only means that people are going to go and listen elsewhere and like you said chances are people who are listening to your covers and like your covers are only listening and like them because they know the original yeah so yeah. so people are listening to mainstream music yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and even if we get into the territory of saying that okay certain tracks the the messaging is okay the music blah blah whatever it's it's a it's a fine line yeah. between uh music and 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 lyrics and tracks that are okay and then stuff that's just yeah absolutely crazy right mm-hmm. um but that, that as i said it's 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 a bit of a madness because every day what people don't understand every day i struggle mm. To want to go back to music every day I till, till today yeah, yeah yeah every day i want to go back to music like every day i want to go back to music every day i want to i want to because i remember when i used to do music the people around me the music you know the, the managers and all these people yeah they used to go there's something unique about you like the way you write your music the way that you sing there's something unique about you and you will you will you will make it mm. because they, they these people meet artists all the time and I don't know, I don't know, were they gassing me? I don't know. But they were like, there was, there was very positive feedback for my work when I was doing, when I was in the back in the music game. 
And for me, bro, in a parallel universe, yeah, I'd be the Ed Sheeran performing at Glastonbury, you know? And as, a, as an artist, that's something I've given up of being in front of a, a mass. Yeah, I remember when I first performed in front of a Muslim crowd, God help me, yeah? Was I that performed. a wedding? No, it was a, a, an event. Okay. And I performed and I've, I've, I've nailed it, yeah? And I've literally, I've performed. I've gone, uh, performed and all that, literally what's happened after is this. And I've gone, is that, have I done anything wrong? Is it, is it like a takbir? Have I done anything? Like no, I don't, even, I don't even do that. So I was like, have I done anything wrong? So it was so difficult for me to not get used to that. Hmm. Like, you know, because you're performing and there's people screaming and shouting and whatever. And then you have the Muslims like this. And you're like, what? Why? Why? Why can't we celebrate when someone's done something good on stage? Right? Where's the Where's the push? Where's the adrenaline? Mm -hmm. So then I just get off stage and I'm like, for many years, that was my biggest thing. I hated performing because I was scared. Because I was like, oh my God, like, I'm not even going to know if I did well or not. Because they're not going to tell me. <laughs> so I'm like going to my friend, my my people who are with me. I'm like, oh, was that was that okay? Was that good? Did I do okay? Da, da, da. And they're like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you did good, mate. You did good. You know, so I'm like, the, but one time I performed, yeah, my gosh, man, I performed in America. I did, uh, I can't remember what which one it was, I Ikna or something. Isna. Not not Isna. It was Ikna. They have another organized, oh, um, and they're like twenty thousand people there, right? Yeah. And I performed, bruv, and it was crazy. They were loving it. Like the North American audience I was is different, North Americans bro. are a bit wild. They're, they're wild, bro. <laughs> and when I start, when I when I finished off with hello, yeah, yeah they had the, all their mobile lights out. And I remember because I, I perform, I perform, I usually perform just with my eyes. I'd like I don't move around the stage. I'm a very thing one stop performer. And I remember I performed, and I opened my eyes, and all I see are lights in the air, mobile lights. And I was like, "This is what I'm talking about. Like, this is a performance, bro. Like hit, you know." Hit, and they were loving, they, they were loving it as well. And I even made a mistake in the lyrics. It was so funny because I missed the missed the lyrics, yeah. so I kept repeating the line three times. <laughs> they didn't care because that's they say. Never ever tell people when you're performing you made a mistake. So I did it, and for me, I was like, "Man, that's a buzz that I want again." Mm. I never never got it again. <laughs> never got it again. But but alhamdulillah, you know, it's like you I'm doing it for Allah. Mm. And I'm genuinely trying to give Muslims an alternative. What what so so here's here's the question, right? And I think it's probably a, a good place to to start to wrap up. But what is the essence of what you're trying to do? Okay. I'm trying to create a a, a Muslim utopia where where we can as Muslims come together and we can showcase our talent and compete with the mainstream. And I believe we can do that. I mean, I've shown it with this album. Now, if we all did that together and we all came together, we would be charting very regularly, you know, but it's all a support structure. I always look at the music game, right? And when your albums comes out, the rappers will share each other's albums. Muslim artists don't do that. Mm. They don't share. Very territorial. Yeah, because it's like one guy does instruments, isn't it? So he's like, I'm not going to share vocal only. Da, 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 da. And the, the, me, I'm, I'm not going to share an instrument album, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I can't, because I'll get slated anyway. Because my audience is super hard on me, bro. Like, they, I put a picture of my wife up, right? And I, I don't even show my wife. My wife doesn't want to even be shown on social media. I'll get two crowds. One crowd will be like, why is his face, wife's face covered with a heart? And the second one, like, um, why is he showing his wife? Man, I'm not showing my wife. Like I'll get criticized for everything. And you you got my social media, bro. Check any post I put up, someone's criticizing me. But the problem is, I find as Muslims, we just have to stop being so self-righteous, right? And we need to understand that we are not 
we are yes we are as Muslims we believe we're the chosen you know Muslims and we've got the message the final message alhamdulillah but we have to humble ourselves that we are human beings we're creation of Allah and that going back to your question is that I want to create an industry where we can enjoy our entertainment bro because you know what no music nasheed artist is going to be better than Ed Sheeran in, 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 in the Muslim world in my opinion nobody's going to be better than Tracy Chapman no one's going to be better than Michael Jackson because they do it. That's their religion. Yeah. In the Muslim world, when they do the instruments, the instrument artists, they are still got very connected to their Islam, alhamdulillah. You know, they're very passionate about Islam. So that will stop them from going to a place where Ed Sheeran might go or where Chris Brown will go. Or da, 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 da. So we have to understand that we have to create our own world where we are appreciated. Because I always understood when I was growing up that when I used to say to the, the, the white people, yeah, um, nah, when I started practicing, nah, I'm not going to go to the bar. Yeah, they respect you more. They're like, oh, okay, cool, I respect that. But if you're catering to them, they actually look at you and go, this guy mm. doesn't even respect his own faith. You know, because people are like that, bro. People don't like people who are not principled and don't have integrity. And I just want to create a place where we, we, we are proud of our art and we don't have an art scene. And if we built it together as Muslims, it doesn't matter if you do instruments, man, that's you, you do you. I'm not here to judge you. You, you know, judge me, don't judge me. Let's work together. And let's find a basis. Like, for example, this record label. If they had, if they had brains, I sell. I've got an audience. My biggest tracks are not my covers on my YouTube channel, alhamdulillah. My top five tracks are my original Nasheeds, the most viewed. And we're talking like in excess of 10, 15, 20 million, right? Yeah, yeah, alhamdulillah. Like, I, I went on your YouTube today. It's not, the numbers are not no, a joke. No, no, alhamdulillah. They're, I mean, mainstream guys, mm. you know, the, they're like, you don't understand. You guys, you're doing better mm. than most of the music guys. In the mainstream game because remember they will mainstream record label they buy views they and pump they, it yeah, yeah they yeah. pump it i don't i don't have a marketing budget so if these guys were clever this label they would actually go that's actually a good business move mm. let's have a little vocal only thing and so so sorry um coming back to the, the the question so that's on like an industry level but on an individual level with every track that you're making with the new album that's just come out What's what's driving you? Because you said that you work very hard, and and you know you said your, your your wife will say that you don't stop working. Yeah. What gives you that motivation? Like, what's the what's the tangible um, effect or result of of the labor for you? Um. Uh, I want to be uh, the biggest artist in the world, inshallah, and I mean, and I mean. Even the mainstream will know. Even the mainstream will hear. When they hear the name Umar Isa, they'll say, oh yeah, he's, a, he's an artist. Like, he's a recording artist and they know. It's probably, people are probably thinking, wow, that's a crazy thought. But I have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with me. And I know that I will get there. Like, with my next album, I want to be number one. You know, I, I always push myself to the, now I know that I could do that mm. with that album. And I know that the support was there. Because Muslims, we, we have to start supporting each other more. And if we start supporting each other more, See, the, like you said, remember you were saying the, the, the Muslim pound yeah. and the Muslim dollar is, is massive. And it's about being that artist that, you know, um, you know I'm known across, across the globe, man. Like across the globe as a, as a, as a major artist. And, and it's a very hard thing to do because I'm in a niche within a niche, yeah. right? But by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with my album, doing that in the album, in the charts, that should show people that with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with you, Anything is possible. And it's, and it's not even about that, bro. Because what happens is, yeah, is people will listen to the stuff and quality shines through. Regardless of instruments 
or whatever, quality will shine through. Because when I play myself to non-Muslims, they're going, they're going, rah, this is, this is sick. The reason why a mainstream label won't sign me is because they understand. Ask yourself this question before we, we wrap this up. Why isn't there a major Asian artist in the mainstream game? The only ones I can think of. Jay Sean. Jay Sean. But he, he even him now. And there was that other guy. Uh, Naughty Boy. Yeah, but he didn't come across as an, he didn't come, he didn't, his name wasn't specifically Asian. I didn't even know he was Asian Pakistani until after I found out. Yeah. He actually came out and said it. So what, why, why, why is there not? Because Asians do not invest, we don't invest in ourselves when it comes to art. The reason why that our, our black brothers and sisters do so well in music mm. is because um, uh, Fiona in Cornwall thinks that um, um, Storms is cool. And they think, you know, that's a life that my dad will never let me go out with him. But my dad, you know, I like that. That's an untouchable world. Who thinks Asians are cool? You know, the head of, of uh, um, Simon Cowell's record label a few years ago was an Indian man. And they never signed a South Asian talent. Because it's the perception that we as the white, because at the end of the day in England, it's the white people who buy your stuff, music. Uh, the, the, the black brothers and sisters can't do anything unless the, the white people support it. Because 70% of the rap, uh, buying public and rap music in America is white. So you need that, you need that support. Now the problem with us white guys, sorry, as Asians and Muslims is that they will look at us in a different way, bro. Like Amir Khan is a prime example, the boxer. Poor guy will do whatever to try to be, you know, very good in social media. But you go on his comments and see what they're saying to him. What, how they approach his own him. people bringing him down right his own people but also 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 the white people mm. look at my album the three comments negative on my album yeah are Allah Akbar you mean you're gonna you're gonna you're ruining our kids mindset mm. the, 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 the three comments on my album review on iTunes because they probably looked at it and thought, what the Allah and his beloved is the aspect of we need to understand that if we don't come together as a Muslim ummah together in this country mm. and across the world and we push our stuff out there together, then we will not be supported because of the, 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 um, the narrative the media has portrayed of us Muslims and as Asians. And we're not, bro, come on. If you go to school, Asians are supposed to be what? Engineers, doctors and all that, right? Um, unfortunately, our black brothers and sisters are all that, mashallah. They're doctors, engineers and everything, right? But what is the perception? Oh, they can only play sport and they can only do music, which is so horrible, right? But that is the perception they know that Asians don't have. That's why, you know me, you know my manager used to say to me back in the day? I used to, I had to go around saying that I'm Caribbean. Really? Yeah, I had to say I'm Caribbean. He said, don't say you're South Asian. And my name wasn't even Asian name, I had a different name. He goes, don't say you're Asian. And he was an Asian man and he goes, it'll never work for you. Don't That's try to crazy. be, he goes, he goes, don't try to be black, but don't, tr don't tell them you're Asian. We're, we're, we're opening a, 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 a new so, I'm so sorry. It's just open up a new little I thing. I love I'm how so you, you waited until right I'm to so the sorry. end to, so to start sorry. a whole new Sorry, because it's just a question of, you know when you said that, how do we move forward? Yeah. Grounding it off is if we don't support each other, bro, mm. no one's going to support us. But I, I think that's the thing. And as you said, it is, it is probably a nice place to kind of uh, to, to end. And, and just thinking about everything that you've been through um, and... The fact that you've you've been doing this for the last almost ten years now, yeah, uh, very specifically, kind of working to shape this space. Because, like, like you, like when I asked you, what's the industry like? There is no industry, you said, 
um and i've seen it as well like you know i've I, we've been doing um the muslim vibe stuff since 2014 i think okay so it's been like seven years now okay. and so i've seen artists i've seen organizations i've seen platforms come and go and some have done really well and some haven't so this is why like you know for me there's always a uh, an intrigue and an interest when someone comes on the scene or someone is doing something i like to know what's going on just to, to keep an eye just to see um and and i've realized that like um people have come along so like i'll, I'll give you an example khalid Sadiq. um i he, th- there was a track of his uh tala al badru um that he did which for me is is one of my favorite nasheed tracks i've ever heard okay like till this day i love it but then there was no consistent body of work from him like in that genre particularly do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and there's there's unfortunately very few people that are coming through and i think based on what you've kind of said is that there's very little infrastructure and support so when when record labels are coming to you and saying you're too muslim for us, muslim record labels are saying you're too muslim for us yeah. it's like w- how are we supporting the diversity of talent that we need to have to be able to tap into like the broader muslim collective psyche do you know yeah. what i mean like, normal people normal people do it you know you know sony yeah. they'll have uh rap artists sign they'll yeah. have pop artists country artists but as muslims we go oh what's your ideology what what do you mean what's my ideology bro? like what's that got to do with anything bro like but the, um, but the thing know. is people sorry to, to, to interrupt there but but specifically on this point because it's the creative space mm. people don't really fully always understand that it's not a case of like okay this is my madhab this is how things should be i don't believe in music for example therefore to hell with everybody else <laughs> there has to be a certain element of of synergy and collaboration and working yeah. together and like you know you've supported artists yeah. that do use music but yeah. you've done vocal tracks with them yeah yeah um and, and i think that's like that's always been for me quite interesting i'm thinking oh well how is this going to work because these guys are almost from like two different ends of the spectrum yeah but there is potential synergy right yeah. and i think um it's it's often quite demystifying when you actually sit down with people and you talk to them about projects and whatever else and you realize that people are a lot closer but sometimes social media makes out like it's not the case right yeah. and 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 people like to create their own narrative in their head yeah that oh this guy didn't retweet him and yeah. these guys went out and he wasn't in the pic you know all that yeah, kind of yeah, nonsense yeah, yeah, yeah. um but no it's interesting this has been like um I don't know what, what way, I told you, it's Ramadan, you never know which way a conversation is going to go. <laughs> but it's, it's actually been really um, eye-opening and fascinating. And I yeah. think also, like, I probably personally underestimated your own personal journey um, and, and, and didn't realize the extent of, like, just everything that you've you kind of done and seen and experienced. It's been very tough, man. It's been very tough. You're not doing it on your own. Yeah. Uh, literally from the be- only with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with you is 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 satisfying because you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your you know our master our creators with me but you know you want support mm. I some I envy I envy artists like you know the the big artists like Eche, you know the team that they have with them I envy that man like I'm like imagine somebody told me that my track's going to be coming out on this date imagine somebody said that it's, it's been advertised here it's been uploaded to YouTube yeah yeah imagine it's been <laughs> yeah imagine imagine you know it's on this billboard oh, take a picture imagine that but you know, inshallah it will happen, mm. but it's about, it's, everything's about money, isn't it? Everything's about money. The more stuff that starts selling, yeah. the more, I mean, it will happen. It will happen. But we're in a very, Muslim art is very young. Very yeah, young. Yeah. Very like, as you said, it's like in this little kind of stages, you know. We're still finding, as I said right at the beginning, we're still finding our identity yeah. um, and, and finding our feet. Yeah. And, and I always feel like, um, you know, our parents came to this country and it was all about security. 
and it was about safety and that means finding a job so all these traditional crafts that you mentioned doctor dentist whatever they pay well stability right yeah, then the next generation have the freedom and luxury to be able to be more creative exactly and that's where where we are right now yeah, yeah, so yeah. like the muslim vibe for example as a platform is not something our parents generation would be like oh we need a podcast mm -hmm. they needed to put food on the table exactly, do you know yeah. what i mean there was yeah. like with my family there were more than 10 10 people living in one house that was like a three four bedroom house um and so no one's making a podcast there yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean um but yeah it, it, it's it's uh it's the time that we're in now and i think we're with i think this conversation in five years time looks very very different yeah or even in 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 two years three years potentially who knows how how it could accelerate but definitely five ten years the landscape is going to look so so different yeah um but it, it's just interesting i think um from my perspective to kind of be able to get an insight into to your journey your experience and also where things are at right now yeah um but no, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm hopeful for the future. Um, yeah, thank you very much. No, thank you so much. I've enjoyed this. Yeah, I hope you have as well. Hope this is no, the really, last time we do this. No, no, inshallah, you know, it'll be good. As you said, you know, touching base again, because I've always said to myself that there's a cutoff period for me, mm. like with what I'm doing, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, like, um, I just want to, I want to get to where I want to get to. I've got this goal in my head that I need to get, if I get to it, inshallah, I'll get to it. And I have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with me. And inshallah, we can, touch base when I do that <laughs> sounds good so that was my conversation with Omar I think um, it's quite amazing uh, just to kind of see the, the journey that he's come on as an individual um, and uh, potentially a little bit alarming but but also just quite enlightening getting an understanding for the kind of landscape in the in, in the Nasheed scene so to speak um, there's I think there's still a lot of room for growth and one thing that we've seen and, and we obviously discussed it as well in, in the podcast is that there is that potential if we kind of come together to really kind of uh, make waves in the uh, the mainstream scene with with our content um, but it just needs for people to come together to support our artists and everything else um, and there is real potential to to do amazing things so um yeah the links to all of uh omar's you know social media stuff his youtube page will all be in the description you can check out his um his content subscribe to his youtube channel and everything else um but yeah that's it for another podcast thank you guys for joining us please do be sure to subscribe um and inshallah we'll be back soon